Hey guys, I am Morgan Larson and this is Totally Unorganized. In my quest to get it together in this one wild and awesome life, I realized I should talk with really rad people in my own life who I think have it together. I'm always chatting with somebody over a crazy shenanigan of mine, so I figured why not have people join me each week as I chit chat with my friends who inspire me with all of their togetherness. So I'm totally unorganized. The sky is the limit. So let's rage, people. Oh, dear. My hair is just... We do not have time for that. Okay. Today, of all days, we have two fierce blondes in my his house, my actual house. I am glowing and super thrilled to have Scott his love. <laughs> Sitting right next to moi. He has dominated the commercial performance Dominated. Scene. I know. I've, I've been using really good words. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> You've been dominating mm. here in L.A. for over two decades. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. As a dancer, actor, choreographer, writer, and producer. Did I miss anything? Yeah. No, that's what? good. Oh, yes. Nailing yeah, it. Good. Let's keep going. So he is such a funny fella <laughs> in my eyes, whether he is in front of or behind the camera. It makes no difference. His rad personality really lights up a room. He has performed in films like La La Land, Titanic, <laughs> Charlie's Angels, Gangster Squad, okay, The Muppets, yeah. Ted 2, and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I didn't know that, and that was... I, I really like that. Oh, that's a good one. You yeah. should, or, or with for Kate me. Blanchett, yeah, you no. danced with yeah, her. I did. Oh my gosh. You well, can okay. see, you can see my profile bare ass in that film. Are you serious? Yeah. I'm watching tonight. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching immediately after. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. So your other TV gigs include Grey's Anatomy, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Glee, Primetime Emmy Awards, How I Met Your Mother, The Oscars, which, side note, side note, which is where we were waltzing together. Yes. No yes. big deal. We're going to get to that in a sec. But he has worked in all capacities in this city as a teacher, a mentor, associate choreographer, a just a choreographer, leader in the entertainment community with a very serious side and pure from the heart, natural instincts. <laughs> <laughs> I dig him so much and I believe that he really gets it together. So let's rage, Scott. Let's just do it. Okay. 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 So I want to dig a little into how you got to be you. <laughs> 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 what I do, I know like little bits about you, yeah. but I just want the whole rundown of like what kind of boy were you, and then oh. like was dance in Hollywood like your obvious trajectory, or was it happenstance that it just kind of fell into your lap? I mean, I think it was pretty obvious by the time I got into high school, and I, I started, you know, I'd started coming out here in the summers because I grew up in Reno, Nevada, which is just one state over, and. Um, you know, when you, in the summer times as a dancer, you, a lot of dancers go off to New York or to LA or to the big hub that's around them to, to get more training. And so yeah. I came to LA. I had a teacher that would drive me down here. She was great. And she sort of showed me the way. And um, I, you know, after an Edge, Edge Performing Arts Center, um, which was the big commercial dance hub at that time, um, had just opened up. And I went to their scholarship show and I said, I want to do that. And it just seemed like an easy avenue to get out of where I was. And I don't mean that in the sense that, um, you know, that Reno was awful and, but it's, I knew it, I didn't have anything there. And yeah, in the same time, it was awful to me. You know, I was, a, I was a effeminate boy that danced and got a lot of, um, torture for it so I just wanted to get out and I didn't want to go to school and I knew that I wanted to be in the performing arts somehow and so it just was a very uh, clear path to to hitch my um, you know anchor to and so I that's what I did I, I I came out here and I auditioned for scholarship right out of high school and so yeah that's it's, it's yeah, and and you know, little side note, um, <laughs> my you know, I, lo- which is very common for a lot of dancers. Um, you want to dance, but your parents are like, no, you want you should go to college, and it was this ongoing battle for the last couple of years of of my high school experience. And my mom said, please, 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 will you just apply to some colleges? And I, you know, I got pr- pretty good grades, and and um, I said fine. And so I did some research, and the three colleges that I um, ended up. I auditioned for because they had good um, 
dance programs was UC Irvine. I came down to Irvine to audition, and then I drove to San Francisco twice with my parents to audition for Juilliard and to audition for NYU Tisch. Ooh, I didn't know that. And I was okay. accepted into all three. <gasps> And Are I you said, serious? Yes, and I said, I handed the letters to my mom. I said, there, you happy? I'm going to L.A. to dance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we covered it, but Papa's got to do what right, he's got to do. Right, oh And gosh. so, you know, I could have gone to Juilliard. Um, yeah. And I didn't. The joke's on me. <laughs> <laughs> they really missed out, the, don't you I mean, think? <laughs> I mean, I could have missed out. I don't know. I don't know. But that's, for whatever reason, that was in the cards for me. Yeah. Who were your biggest influences, like, growing up? Like, did you... Did you watch a lot of movies or like dancers like in that capacity or yes. who did you kind of idolize? Well, first thing first, I've, I've always been an actor person. I'm a movie person. I'm a TV person. Um, I'm not, and I, and I want to make that uh, distinction because I'm not a, um, a singer artist person. You know, yeah. a lot of, um, uh, you know, and I did have that sort of pat answer when I came out here. I did want to dance for Madonna. So yeah. there, there is that, but, um, um, who didn't at that time in the in the mid nineties? Um, but so I was I've always been drawn to storytelling, and I've always been drawn to um, uh, you know movie stars. And so if I saw it in the movies, if I saw you in the movies, I was really drawn. To, and you danced, I was really drawn to you. Okay. So you know, I mean, I I, I just remember. Um, uh, White Knights being a huge influence on me. A, because people called me Baby B and Little Barishnikov because I looked like him. Yeah. Um, but he was also in the movies. Yeah, and, he was. And he was a dancer. Mm -hmm. He was a dancer that you knew his name. And yeah. that was, uh, you know, this huge. is before, this is before So You Think yeah. and, and all this, this sort of stuff that, that um, made dancers more accessible to, to living rooms um, and TV screens. Uh, there weren't that many dancers that had notoriety, you know, uh, I, I think of Barishnikov, I think of Gregory Hines. Um, so tho those were influences. And then, you know, male teachers, by the time I got into high school, I started taking more from master class teachers like Victor Manuel, um, Bill Prudich. Um, uh, there, there was just a handful of teachers that, uh, Phineas Newborn for me, um, these, these, these male teachers, there's a, a gentleman named by Scott Benson, his name was Scott Benson, and they just were everything to me. Okay, wait, just really quickly. Mm -hmm. Can you put the mic a little bit closer to your... Yeah, because it's like roughing. <laughs> it's oh, like going it against your oh, little scruff. scratchy, just in case. But yeah, otherwise, gotcha. keep it up. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> okay, so my main obsession with you started during rehearsals <laughs> together <laughs> with you and I. <laughs> so can we go down memory lane? Yes. We yes. can s touch a little bit on like... The projects that we've done, we've done Ted 2, Dancing with the Stars, La uh -huh. La Land, which we were in the same scene, uh -huh. which is so crazy because uh -huh. there's so many dancers in that. And then, like, I feel like our final hoorah was <laughs> the Oscars, <laughs> yes. where we got to waltz around John Legend while he sang City of Stars yes. from La La Land. Yes. But can you kind of just tell, I guess, your version of how everything went down? <laughs> okay. Because um, th the first time I remember you was Ted 2. And... I remember, remember we had the, it was the piano yes, sequence yes. and the girls were sitting in front and the guys were standing behind and you were like right there. You were like, you were right there off my left side. Yeah. And I was like, who is this girl? <laughs> and she's just, uh, you were just so boisterous and so full of energy. And it, it was pretty quickly we got to talking and, and it, you know, it, I should say that I'm a pretty, as gregarious as I am, or as many people know me to be, I'm pretty closed off too. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely an um, introverted extrovert. I'm an extrovert if I'm comfortable with you and I know you. But to get to that point, probably what's had to happen is you have to you have to come to me. You have to start talking to me. I don't you initiate have to conversation. Earn it I mean, yeah. Oh yeah, a little <laughs> bit. But but I, I'm I'm just not an initiator. Yeah. You know, I'm that guy that sits by the window of the plane, and if you never say hi to me, I'll never say hi to you. And it's just that's just the way I am. And yeah. I and I, you know, I get mad at myself that I'm like that. I I you know, it's not the best um, in this industry. It's probably not the best trait to have. You know, because I'm not a networker. Um, but also, I think because you're like that, it's so mysterious I'm right now mysterious. that it actually 
does work for you. It's, <laughs> it's, I'm, I, I, I've, I've come to uh, realize that I'm kind of mysterious, you know? Yeah. Because if you don't know me, I, there, okay, I'm that guy that we've been to functions together, auditions, or even done jobs together for years, maybe, maybe, and I still might, might not know your name because probably you didn't come up to me and say hi to me. Yeah. And I, that's just the way I am. Yeah. It's nothing and against anybody. It's, it's just not. like, it's just I'm, how you are. I'm too sort of like thinking, oh my gosh, what, you know, I'm too, I'm too involved and narcissistic in my own head to even put that focus on anyone else. <laughs> so it has yeah. nothing to do with, I don't like you. I'm thinking, oh, I don't, do they like me? You know, I'm yeah. just, I'm, I'm just weird like that. Okay. So my point is you definitely probably started asking me questions and talking to me. Yeah. And, um, and we, but, but we did very quickly, um, get buddy buddy and then all together and then we got partnered together (laughs) and so we were in the back row the very last row row out of like eight rows oh more than eight like it was (laughs) like 89 (laughs) yeah yeah, 12 times eight (laughs) and uh and uh you know we it's i kept up what i kept on saying i was like you know i'm really fun in the front i'm a I'm a dick in the back. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, no, we're we're gonna make them notice well, this we, line. <laughs> it was hard. We had to it do was like, so intense. We had to do all those lifts in the front row. People are going like this and like this, and yeah. I'm lifting you, dead <laughs> lifting you. They're like, if you guys could just keep keep doing that for a couple more eights, just go back and forth. I think our friendship was sort of. Um, it was uh, just plunged into the fire. Yes. And so and we, we came out. <laughs> we came out very close and very yeah. strong. And then within pretty much that same year, we kept getting cast Partnered with each together. other. It yes. was so crazy and yeah. my dream come true. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was the universe just being like, "You're welcome." Yes. <laughs> I must have like wished it a lot. I think I did actually. Don't want to freak you out, but. And then well, then cut <laughs> to you know the Oscars, which was you know the culmination of all of that. Because yes. we did keep on partnering together. Yeah. And here was the Oscars, and, and uh, Mandy, Corey, Mandy Moore choreographed, and she put us together naturally. I think she even probably rolled her eyes when she did it. <laughs> um, because we had become... These two yahoos. Like. We had become this thing. Um, this entity. <laughs> and it was, as, as I told you many times, it was that was my dream job. It was the job that w- always got away from me. It was the elusive Oscars that I never had booked. Yeah. And when I was younger in the, in the 90s, um, it was the job of the year. It was that job that they would rent out a soundstage at one of the studios, and you knew about this audition for a month in advance. And, I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people would show up, and you would be like, number 813. Yeah. It was just the job of the year. And then it just stopped. They just stopped having dancers for a while. So it, it became, um, you know, just, oh, the Oscars are having dancers again this year or not. It was yeah. just, it was, you know, give or take. But, and then I, I got cast one time. We got booked on it. I got booked on it. And then they dropped it. They they, they dropped the number. So then I was like, ugh. Was that the year prior or two Maybe years? Maybe like two years yeah. before I that. I telling me that, yeah. And so I'd kind of given up on it because I was like, ugh. By this point, I'm like, you know, 40. And I'm like, <laughs> they're not going to hire me. And then, you know, it was the La La Land, and we both did La La Land. And um, not that every dancer then La La Land did it, but it was, um, we fit the type. They needed waltzers. And yeah. they needed elegant <laughs> and gorgeous people to waltz. And Which is, I would, that's us. That's you us, know, that to is, a T. That's definitely us. So, so we uh, forced that. We got in there together <laughs> and it, was, it was just such it was so fun because it was it's a dream come true for me I finally got to do it and uh you know it's also looking back to uh like I said what I'm what I'm drawn to and that's movie stars and movies yeah. and cinema and to so that was so special to me that we got to yeah do that and I wasn't as nervous as I thought I was going to be because the couple times that I that I danced live on the Emmys they were so scary because you don't want to be the person that trips or yeah. drops your top hat and in one case that we had to dance top hat and canes you don't want you don't yeah. want to do that on live on live stage but this props particular are, props are so scary scary <laughs> they're the scariest live things television. ever and nobody talks about them no. but it is the scariest thing ever it's way harder than dance moves right way harder but in this particular number we weren't it wasn't presentational we weren't dancing for the audience mm-hmm. we were in our own little world yeah and so it made it very easy to forget about 
the audience in front of you yeah. and Meryl Streep out there or the billions of people watching. Yeah. You didn't, I was just looking in your eyes. I know. We waltzing. were just staring at each yeah. other with literally stars in the background. Yes. Like it was, I mean, yeah, like I still get like goosebumps just because we shared that moment obviously together, yes. but it was the craziest thing like for me and for everybody to like be a dancer in LA and about a movie in LA with like literally Runyon in the background or like all these stars and doing like just the craziest waltz yes. of our life. Like it was just, yeah, very sentimental and awesome. And I, I'll always love that. Cause it, I, I will too. Yeah. And we have it, we had oh, it commemorated with and yeah, that's these why, jackets. Yeah. That's why you, so because you were my friend, you earned a jacket. <laughs> Well, okay, can I just say, okay, so you, okay, this, this is part of why I love you so much, because you had said, uh, did we call ourselves something? I don't remember, but there was, like, we just kept on, we were just making fun of ourselves, making fun of ourselves, exactly. basically. Exactly, yeah. And you're like, we should get, we should get jackets together and yeah. put, a, put a patch on it. And I was like, yeah. And you're like, all right, I'm going to get the jackets. I'm like, yeah, you do that. <laughs> and I literally thought we were, that was just a riff when we were just, we were like improving, like, and all of a sudden, I come to rehearsal the next day, and you had jackets, and I just went, "Oh my god, she was serious." <laughs> I don't, I joke, but like, I'm I always know. serious. Well, I'm just a joker, <laughs> and so you know, I'm in, I mean, I try to find me on a serious day, uh, but I'm just the joker, and then here you, you gave me. A jacket with a patch. Yeah, we have a patch. And I just It's a heart with wings because we live really large and we <laughs> we dance with our heart. <laughs> well, I just to this day it's the sweetest thing. I love this jacket. I and love that I you just love it. I loved you even more than I knew I could from that day on. I was <laughs> like, Okay, yeah, no, we're jacket twins. Mm -hmm. Us two blondes, like, we're dominating. Like, we really are. <laughs> I mean, I think we're honestly, the, the best part about it is, like, we're the only two people that think that. <laughs> <laughs> so we make we always, like, make fun. We're like, oh, my God, like, look how stupid we are, you know? <laughs> or, like, whatever. But I just, like, love it. Like, we just. I love it. We thrive. Okay, so that was that. Okay, so aside from all that you are mm -hmm. and everything that stands out to me, you just are so real. Like, and I really like that. You don't really edit a lot out of you. Like, you just say what you want to say, say what you much mean. To, much to my uh, chagrin. Is that a word? It is now. Okay. I approve of it, <laughs> so we're good. <laughs> we'll right Google word? it later. All right. <laughs> yeah. Filterless tact gets me in trouble sometimes. Just but FYI, I mean, especially with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Dom and I actually work together, too, and he's so delicious as yeah, well. He like, is, yeah. I, he, you guys are a great package first of all Thank so you. good job on that but um okay so being all that mm -hmm. like how do you feel like w what makes you feel like your strongest like most powerful self like like what gives you the courage to just like really be who you are because I feel like you're very settled into who you are well it's um I like getting older I will say that you know obviously there's a being um in this industry there's that fear of getting older and there's that stigma of getting older um, which does exist in me as well I'm not saying it doesn't I have my days um, and then even more so than that being a dancer you know so it's already I mean actors go through this obviously um, singers in, in any anyone that's in this industry and is in the performing arts part of on, in front of the camera part of this industry age is a thing it's a very real thing Dancers having even more because we, I mean, our bodies are instrument. Yeah. And so it's tough getting, you know, I used to be really, really flexible. I hate that I'm not anymore because I, I mean, I just was, yeah. I, I, I used to, I used to be a jumper and a turner and you just, you, you don't anymore. And I'm, I'm on the other side of that in terms of like, um, you know, I'm in my forties now. It's like, it's the jig is up. It's that's gone. Yeah. I can still dance pretty, pretty well for a guy that's, my age and stuff, but so I've let, made my peace with, with that, um, with the dance part of that. But getting older, just like Betty Davis said, is not for the faint of heart, right? It's a real thing. Um, but what no one talks about enough, especially in in the dance industry, no one talks about it enough. There's this comfortability that comes, and there's this this confidence that comes, and so I, I do think part of the answer to that question is it's just 
it's just being out here for 25 years. It's 25 years next week that I've been out here. That's crazy. And there's a, there's a, I mean, I think that's badass. And there's a, there's a part of me that I feel great about that, you know, and I don't need to be as insecure. It doesn't serve me anymore. And everyone comes to the city with a certain amount of insecurities. God bless if you don't, but you know, you're probably lying. You or know, you'll so, just acquire them in the city. Right. Or the, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and the city gives you more. Yeah. So there is that. But where do I feel my strongest? Probably, and you're not, this might surprise you, but because I am the boy who cried wolf, because I am the jokester and the prankster that I am, I probably, there's a part of that that is a mask. Yeah. That part of that is my shtick because yeah. that's what I do and that's my coping. That's my, that's my way of, um, it's a coping mechanism. It's my self-defense. Um, it's also a tool. You know, I like making people laugh. Yeah. Um, but on the other side of that, when all of that is stripped away and the vulnerable Scott comes out, not many people get to see it. Yeah. And I'm really protective of him. Mm-hmm. But there's strength in that. And I realize that. And I, I wish he'd come out more. He comes when, when he makes an appearance, you know it. Yeah. You know it. You know it. And people are like, sometimes they're very sort of taken aback by it. But I'm like, no, he's here too. And, he's, yeah. You know, <laughs> and it usually comes in, you know, those moments when uh, it's, it's very personal. It's not for the world to see. The, 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 the huckster Scott's for the, everyone else to see. Yeah. But those moments that I take you aside and I tell you something and, or I share something with you, that's, that's me stripping all of the other stuff away and that sentimental part of me, that's, you know I love you when I, when, you're the, when I do yeah, that. Yeah, when you're real with yeah. the one-on-one situation. Yes. A small segue, you did a one-man show. Mm-hmm. Did any of this side of Scott, because I never got to see your one-man show and I'm right. devastated by it. Mm-hmm. Did that initiate? Well, we didn't really know each other, I know, I don't think I was yeah. in LA. I've only been in LA for eight years. I mean, no, it was I'm, eight years. I, I was, it was less than that, but we didn't know each other. We okay. really did. Oh my God. <laughs> I did that was because w- when was, uh, Ted two, it was like 2015. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was 2014. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you're I, off the hook. I'm there devastated. Are other, there are other, other people that I had known for years that didn't show up. So, okay. Well, you know, I would have been front <laughs> row. Casey, <Mike. laughs> Casey, you know, you're bad, <laughs> but did, did that side of you make the cut or yes. like can you kind of explain the one man show because it's very unique that you did this okay and it's very interesting yes um i will say that the vulnerable scott led the charge in the one man show i will say that that year because it was a year process for me from the day i the the, the seed was planted to do this till the day i opened it was a year okay and i've never to this day, nor had I before that day ever felt this. I can only describe it as a calling. It started out as kind of a whisper in my ear that wouldn't go away, like a buzzing gnat that, you know, was just that. You should do a show. You should do a one-man show. And I was like, what is that? I mean, it was just so strange. And I spent the first three months of that year um, from that June. It was June to June. I spent the first three months of that year just sort of like batting it away and going, that's crazy. That was the dumbest idea, you know, until finally it it was so persistent. It shout, it was shouting at me and I, it was, I was compelled to do it. I don't know. I don't know why or how, well, I do know why, but, um, I had done this, you know, you know what the moth radio hours, no, it's like like on weekends on, um, on, if you listen to like KCRW, Okay. Um, they have those those storytelling shows where people okay. get up on open mics and they tell heartwarming or sad or funny or stories from their life and for the audience to relate to and to yeah. um, the audience to see themselves through you. I, uh, well, the the most famous one. There's several of them, but the most famous one that's um, that's uh, on the radio every weekend is called the Moth Radio Hour. I did. I was invited to do a show like that here in town, um, where we had everyone. Uh, all the authors had like 12 minutes to, uh, there was a theme, it was coming out stories. And some were funny, some were, some were devastating, some were, but because it was June, which was Gay Pride Month. And so this um, woman that has this show, she invited me, hey, you know, you, I feel like you'd be really good at this. And I was like, yeah, no, I would, I would actually 
love that. And so, you know, I did my 12 minutes and that's where the whole thing came from. Okay. Uh, it's because I told this, my coming out story, this condensed version of it. And I was at, after I performed and after the whole show performed, we, we bowed and whatever. And then I made my way off the stage and, um, these two old little old ladies, um, I didn't know, um, they, they were the first pre pe people that's where I came to as I was, I was uh, making my way to the lobby. And one of them just was very um, assertive in telling me, she's like, you were so good. And I was like, oh, thank you. And, and she's like, no, 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 you were really compelling. And I was like, oh, th thank you, that's very sweet. And you know, she's like, have you ever done a one-man show? And I said, well, no, I just, I just did this for the first time. And she said, I've produced many. You should, you should really think about it. And on my way, because I had some friends that showed up, and on my way to dinner, we were walking around the corner to a, um, a sushi place, and I told her what this woman said. And I was like, is that crazy? And she's like, oh my God, I thought the same thing. I was like, really? So that's where the sort of seed yeah. was planted. The next three months, it's I was like... It's like these fairy godmothers. Yes. Just were like... Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I've had that happen. I love that when, when yes. it's just like a random person at the grocery store, or Absolutely. like somebody you would least expect tells you something you really need to hear. And that woman... That woman, wherever she is, has no idea. Maybe what, she's going to listen to the podcast. Maybe. How, wouldn't that be interesting? <laughs> and she <coughs> finds you. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so, so for three months, I was like, that's crazy. That's crazy. And then finally, to get my head to shut up, I finally just, let me just start writing something. And that was in September of that year. And then by December, I had a full, pit, full script. Then by January, I had a director. And by January, I s was producing the show. And then I, need, uh, then I figured out I needed help. And so then I, I, I asked my, my director was Kalea Sheeran, this amazing woman who I love to my core. And, um, and about some, maybe March, I, um, I got our good friend Nick Drago to, okay. he's a, he's a yeah. fantastic producer, a man of uh, many talents. Um, I got him to, um, uh, come help me produce because I needed some help. And then, of course, my husband did all of the sound and um, editing and sound design and whatnot. And so by, by June, we, I was up and I did six shows. I extended two okay. more shows. Where did you perform? This, it's this uh, little black box theater called the Lounge Theater. It was okay. um, uh, 50, 50, 50 seat theater. Oh, nice. And we sold out, <clears throat> out of eight performances, we sold out uh, all of them except the first one, which we was almost set out, and the last one, which had the least amount, which was probably about half full. But other than, but I think it definitely made up because there were several that we had to add chairs. People were sitting in the, um, on the in the on, in the stairs at one oh, point. It yeah. was it was pretty special, and it was all it was the dance community. They showed up and they brought people. Some came back several times, but it was. But my my point is, I um, I've never in my life had that I mean we all uh, as artists especially we you know you're like oh maybe I wish I'll do this or you have these whims and you have sometimes these um uh, these urges to do stuff and you 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 may or may not um act on it but that was different like it was the most focused I struggle with being with focusing um it was the most focused the most disciplined I had ever ever been if I could only just harness that and you know spray yeah. it like a cologne every once in a while um <laughs> let's but get it, it in a little bottle <laughs> it really was a special anomaly for me yeah and I loved that I loved the feeling I loved the um adrenaline of getting yeah. up there and just and just commanding this audience for an hour an hour and five minutes so what you're saying is you literally were Emma Stone in La La Land. Yes. <laughs> Except I didn't get the movie in Paris at the end. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's coming. Don't worry. <laughs> I just love that so much. You know, yeah. I, I feel that like with this podcast, like I have, I was telling like yeah. literally at the, this weekend, we went to a wedding together mm -hmm. and I was like, Hey, so I think I'm going to start this thing. And I kind of want you to be honest because <laughs> I didn't even know naturally like every conversation I, is an interview that yeah. I, because I just want. Right, you are to, like that. I didn't even know that I was like that. Yes. Until people started like telling me that like, yeah, like you always run up to me and just ask me questions. <laughs> You're very curious and you have this, um, 
you have this voracious appetite just to know things and know people and know what's at the source of things. Yeah, it's I can't tell if it's because like I'm from Wisconsin and I and I, I think just, it's just you. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where it came from. Um, but I just yeah. feel it because I get coffee all the time with everybody. Like that's like literally my favorite thing yes. in LA. Like any down moment I have, like I'm so down for that. But um I was like, I need to start recording these because, like, they're so interesting. Like, all of our conversations are so interesting, but <laughs> nobody hears them. I mean, five people might, you know, <laughs> or hey, 500. We don't even know. Hey, like, you never, you never we don't know. know. So, yeah, I just, like, set up camp, got all the equipment on Amazon, and, like, Josh is kind of my producer, but I have been doing everything myself, too. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, we get so obsessed in life in the social media conscious world, in this fast food sort of mentality where ev everyone wants the results right now. We get so obsessed with the likes, the views, the, the how many people are, you know, it's easy to get turned away and turned off because of that, because it's like, yeah. but you can't do it for that. You, you gotta do it because you feel compelled to do it. You know, and even if five people watch this, hey, well, those five people now, know this stuff yeah you know and maybe whether that makes them better or worse or whatever that's who's to say they're probably gonna run out and get these they jackets probably are from top shop no big deal <laughs> <laughs> no yeah i just felt it i feel things and then i just go for it yeah and sometimes m most of the time it kind of flops but like some summer hits and then i'm just like okay let's just keep charging you know well, and, and let me just say this um i wish i had acted on because i had instincts when i was younger and I didn't act on that. I was so full of fear. Okay. I full a lot of fear. I just, that's just, I was a very fearful kid. So what I'm saying is, I, you know, you are much more together than I was <laughs> at your age. There's a bit of an age difference here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's such a compliment because I, I try every single day to get it together. Like, yeah. I have to come up with phrases in my life that I obviously project onto people too. Yes. But, so I get through it. I think that's my, like, like for if you feel you know insecure about stuff or whatever like and then you have to be funny like i have to have catchphrases that make me into a superhero to function in life <laughs> so well, that i can like thrive like and what that what that comes because you're such a good cheerleader and so you you not only you're so now i understand that why you do that because you are cheering yourself on in, in, I have, in effect but you but you do really cheer your friends and and allies and and um, and family on you really do. Yeah, like I, if I I'm, feel that with if you. I'm if I run up to you and I'm like, hey, I want to be your best friend. Like I actually really mean that. <laughs> and yes, I've said that to quite a few people. <laughs> but I like really, I'm like, my friendships are. I do know a lot of people, but like yeah. you know, if I really take you or not, you yeah. know, like, and I'm rooting for you. I'm not so sure if you like me. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna keep going, <laughs> and I'm gonna, we're gonna find out. Okay. But um, I also. I feel like I'm super late to the party too with like YouTube, social media and everything. Cause we, mm -hmm. I think when you work a lot or like yes. are doing all these projects, the last thing you want to do is more dance or like more things that are because we're in front of the camera a lot or all these yeah. things. And so I felt like I missed the total YouTube mark cause it was the past like four years when we've just been working or, you know, doing yeah. other stuff that's amazing, but yet, yeah. So I don't know. I'm still, it's not really quite clear, like, I know why I'm doing that, but I'm also scared, I yeah. think, just because, like, I'm just starting out, and I'm about four years too late, but it's fine. Okay. <laughs> We're just going to thrive. It's your timing. <laughs> it's your timing. Okay, so switching gears, can we Kay. talk about Titanic? Because okay. I need to know everything, yeah. literally everything, so Kay. maybe just one story or just something about yeah. it, because, I mean... Not a lot of people get to talk to somebody in Titanic. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, well, they all died. Um, <laughs> You're right. <laughs> um, okay, so interestingly enough, there was no audition for that film. I got direct booked on that film, which is crazy. That's I had insane. This, okay, so a little fun fact. I, oh, I was devastated because I had just been through like a three-day audition hell for a Marguerite Derrick's choreographed film. Uh, she was doing Batman Return. It was one of the Batman films. Uh, it was the one with uh, George, Cl or not, uh, was it George Clooney? It was the one with, um, it was the one with Arnold Schwarzenegger okay. and um, 
Uma Thurman. Oh, it was that Poison one. Ivy. Poison Ivy. Are you serious? So I don't know. I don't know which Batman. It wasn't Michael Keaton. It was either George Clooney or Val Kilmer. Doesn't okay. matter. But uh, Marguerite Derricks was uh, the choreographer, and it was like a, this big, long, major audition. Like it was. It was definitely. It might have been two days. So, but it was a callback. Was the second. Was the second day. I had not worked for her at that point. I'm 20 years old, um, and. Um, I got, I got the callback. She told everyone, the director, which, uh, which was Joel Schumacher, was coming for that callback, and she said, do it up, like dress. It was like supposed dress to be this to like tribal, you know, it was like this club scene where it was like, it was Poison Ivy's club okay. sort of thing. And so we were supposed to be like jungly and whatever. Yeah. And um, It's like super lime green and all yes. like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, so it got all the way to the end of this long audition. There is 18 guys left, and they were hiring 12. Of course. And we, they let us go. And so it was like, okay, I feel pretty good about this. Plus, I think that she was really into me. Um, I had auditioned for her a couple times before, and, you know, I almost got it. And so I just thought this was, this was it. Yeah. And I didn't get it. And, I mean, I was, like. Devastated. I mean, like, ugly crying to my mom on the phone yeah. sort of thing. You Were know, you in a Trader Joe's parking lot by chance? Because that's where I do most of my crying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, not a Trader Joe's. I was definitely on in in my on my you know uh, twin bed um in my apartment and i was just devastated and i had a trip planned for home anyway because i don't remember why but i was going home and so i went home the next day or so and um i got a call from tim o'brien the owner of clear talent group which didn't exist at that point but he was my agent and he said, hey, uh, so we want to check your availability for this movie. It's called Titanic, and it shoots in Mexico. Do you, can you, do you want to do this? Yeah. And I was like, how? And it was, uh, uh, the, I had just done my very first feature film maybe like a month before. Okay. And Adam Shankman, who's now a director, was the choreographer, and he had two assistants, Ann Fletcher, who's now a director, and uh, Lance McDonald. And Lance McDonald was the assistant. He won the role of the assistant for this woman from England that was coming over to do this, choreograph this film, Titanic, with James Cameron okay. as the director. And so she didn't know anyone, so they were just casting. And they had cast five guys, five girls, but one of the guys dropped out. It was Dave Carter because he couldn't, Jackie didn't want him to go for because of convention. Yeah. And so they needed one more guy. And so Lance had just worked with me and he said, this guy is great. And so I said, yeah, of course I want to do it. And so it went off to Mexico. We were supposed to be there for three days and we ended up being there for three and a half, four weeks on a daily because no one thought to put us on a weekly contract. So this yeah. is just, this just, just shows how much money they were burning through on this film. But we all had, um, b as per the SAG rules, you have to, you know, everyone gets their own room or whatever. But we had two-story condos, each of us, on the beach. I remember just hearing this, the surf come up. We were at Ensenada. Yeah. Uh, or at sort of between Rosarito and Ensenada in this little um, lobster village called Puerto Nuevo. <gasps> oh, my and, gosh. Um, it was my very first time ever out of the country. I'd never even been out of the country at that point. And I was the young one. I was 20, but there were people from f the 50s on, their 50s on down to me. Um, and that's how I booked Titanic. On, you know, on the, the word on the set was, by this point, this was towards the end. They'd already been in production and already been filming for almost a year at this point. Okay. And the, the, you know, the magazines, uh, the entertainment gossip uh, shows, all of them had, they were already talking about Titanic as it is the most over-budgeted film ever made. Like they were, oh, they were, they were bleeding, hemorrhaging money. Whoa. And the year before, Waterworld had just come out, and it was a $200 million film that sunk. Uh, yeah, I remember that. And it was yeah. a big box debacle. office yeah it was a big debacle and so this was going to be the next water world because who would want to see the movie titanic because everyone knows what happens yeah that was sort of the word on the street which and is crazy which is crazy it's so because crazy if you, i mean but this is you know we didn't have the luxury of hindsight you know yeah. so i mean all of us were just like yeah i don't who's gonna see this movie yeah like what are we doing here i no one was more surprised how good <laughs> it was than me and i was in it like i remember i went it came out on my birthday the next year we went on my birthday to the Chinese theater in the like the afternoon show, and you were just 
gobsmack. It was so good. Yeah. It, it was, was so good. No, I, like, my friends and I were so obsessed with Titanic that yeah. we had the VHSs, which was, like, four of them, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> at the time. And we would watch them, like, back to back. And the movie is so long. And we would just keep watching it because it's that good. Yeah. So when I found out that you were in Titanic, I lost my mind. Mm-hmm. I literally lost my mind. So, okay, what can you can you describe, like, what dance scenes that you were in? Was it just the lower deck? Yeah, it was the lower deck. Um, situation. S- uh, it was a third-class steerage party. Um, uh, and then, like, the little circle around all where of you that. grab it hands. Th- I think there's, like, there's three or four. I can't remember. Uh, I think it goes because it, it keeps on intercutting between – uh, that party, and then it shows you the contrasting party up on where the men are drinking bourbon and, and smoking cigars. Okay. It keeps on going back and forth between those two scenes yes. to show you the, the two different um, uh, <coughs> lives going on. Lives going on. Um, so we were, all of those scenes, I mean, well, first of all, good luck trying to find me. Uh, <laughs> you know, because here's the thing. There's, there's only 10 of us, but obviously that scene is so full. Yes. And so what they did and why we ended up being there so long is because obviously they, they at that point they couldn't afford more dancers. But yes. they wanted it to be raucous and, and, and as, it, as it really would have been. And so each one of us were in charge of a different um, cultural dance. So I was you know, with my hair, I was in charge of the Norwegian Brahmna, which is this sort of like where all of the, uh, the, the uh, immigrants from Norway would have been doing. If they, if they were all drinking, they would have been doing this dance yeah. called the Brahmna, which is like arms facing in, you're all facing into the circle, and you're just stepping to the right, then one to the left, then three to the right, and two to the left. I mean, so I was in charge of teaching all of these background okay. extras the Norwegian <laughs> Brahmna. Okay. And you know, did you know what that was? Like when no. you were designated. So it? the the choreographer Lynn uh, Hockney, amazing, brilliant woman, English. She was a professor from a university in in London, and she was a dance historian. And so, I mean, the thing about that movie is, you know, that movie does have its faults, but there it was true to form. I yeah. Mean, James Cameron wanted the exact same china that they used. He wanted the exact same carpet. Everything was made exactly how it would have been. So were the so were the dancing. Mm-hmm. So were all the dance moves. And so everyone had these. You know, one guy, one dancer was in charge of this Italian thing. One one dancer was in charge of this Spanish thing. We all did the polka because that was a universal, I guess, sort of European yeah. uh, social dance that everyone did. Um, but. One guy was in Aaron Castro did the Russian stuff, um, but you all had you had to teach. You were in, so it was sort of like dance job part Peace Corps. Some well, taught English, some, or some spoke English, some didn't. Uh, background, yeah, our dance, and so it was interesting. It was oh really sort gosh. of fun and fascinating, and this weird thing that I was so young and you know didn't really even know the. Um, obviously, the impact of the movie, or the of significance just, yeah. of the job in general. Yeah. Was Kate Winslet the best? Kate, she was just, she was lovely. She would just talk to anyone and sit there and and just um, you know sit in conversa- sit in conver- uh, conversation circles with background extra and yeah. production. Just oh, just talk. That. She was really really lovely. I love her so much. So I'm me too. Oh, that me makes too. it the story even more magical. <laughs> oh my but gosh. the part that you can really really see me is the um, the camera starts on the Irish. Uh, band and they were real musicians playing real Irish jig. It starts there and the camera pans left and there's what's called the chain dance, which is just is like what it sounds. Everyone grabs hands and they're just snaking through. It was yeah. like the, uh, you know, uh, early uh, 1900s version of the conga line, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, and I am the person that starts the chain dance and I wipe right by camera. That's me. You were the first? I was the first. I was designated. And there's a, there is a harrowing story that goes along with that, but, you know, we should probably move yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you were the first mm. in the chain. In the chain. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and then that makes you a part of two films. What are you known for? Both Titanic and La La Land uh, share the distinction of being uh, the films with the most Oscar nominations ever. And I believe they share it with All About Eve. So I, th- I, I believe there's three okay. films that have 14 nominations to their names. Um, Do you think it's because you're in both I of them? I think so. Yeah, I think so too. I'm the common denominator is how mm-hmm. I'm... Uh, how I refer to myself in my own home. Exactly. The, co- the great common denominator. I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're, if you're doing a film and you want it to have Oscar glory, probably you should cast Exactly. Me. Now we know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just now we know. But it's, it's so funny that like your heart was set on 
like doing the Batman and then being right. so crushed and being like, oh, okay, yes. I'll do this now. Right. <laughs> not not even knowing. You never Those know. are the best. I couldn't have most done magical it if things. I wasn't available. If yeah. I had gotten the, um, and I can guarantee you their residuals aren't what my <laughs> residuals. <laughs> yeah, I can guarantee that too. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. that's yeah. I've had so many of those moments where I'm like, this is it for me. This audition, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. It doesn't work out. It doesn't work the out. devastation nation is so so sad. Yeah. You know, and then you get this next thing, and then it's changing your life like it's just so crazy like you just don't know it's it, very it unpredictable a, it and crazy. nice early lesson in that because I, that had something like that you can it's obviously you need a little bit of perspective and a little bit of time away from it but you can it's very clear oh yeah this was i wasn't meant to do that and i was the ugly cry you know uh, i'm not saying it was done in vain but you know it I wasn't meant to do the other one, and yeah. I, it freed me up to do. Like, and I did, after that, Lynn Hockney stayed around town. She's been gone for years, but she stayed around town, and she did another, I did another four or five films and, and projects with her. You know? I know, you just never know. You never like, know. What is magical or not? Because <laughs> even, like, when we were doing La La Land, we didn't know anything. Like, we didn't know the script. We didn't even right. know, like until we got in the theater right. and watched it with all the dancers in yes. the theater and just w like the amazement of what we were a part of. But yes. that was a year after we had already done filming. So right. it's just like so crazy. Yeah, oh my you God. never know how they'll yeah. turn out. Ever. That's why you just, ha you just have to have good energy so you get hired back to do like crazy things and yeah. then somebody drops out and then you get to do it. <laughs> okay, I feel like I'm pretty positive as a person, mm -hmm. but you know, everyone has highs and lows, you know. But joy can't always be joy, like, in the city without a little bit of low. Mm -hmm. So how do you keep your head up and, like, just keep staying in the game after two decades of just being in the game? Um, Is that, that's probably a hard question. No, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. Um, it's an ongoing battle. I think that, um, you know, already there's a – because, listen, I've made my – living my career by being an artist, a gypsy. I know that word is kind of tainted now, but until they come up with a, um, a replacement word, I don't know what else to say. Because yeah. I've, never, I've never had a regular job. And I don't, I'm, I'm air quoting that because what is regular? But I've never had a nine to five job. This is what I've made my living doing. And so with that, there's just, it's all highs and lows. And there's just, there's not a lot of stability or steadiness. Now, I've come to terms with the fact that I kind of thrive on that. Not to say that there hasn't been lots of scary moments. I still go through, after all of, after a quarter century, I still go through like those, when you have the, that drought, it's been two months since you've been booked on something, you're like, oh my God, I'm never gonna work again. I mean, you go through that battle. Yeah. And I think the only way through it, the only way through it, um, besides self-medicating, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> the only way through it is, to just bury your head in work. If work isn't calling you, then you make your own work. You get busy with work. And that, so that's, that's really how, I, how and why I started writing, you know, about 10 years ago. Um, about, about nine years ago, um, I started writing myself scripts and screenplays and whatnot. It was born out of the fact, well, you know, I'd been really frustrated because I'd gotten so, as an actor, I'd gotten... I had gotten so close to so many things, so close. You know, I was almost that, got that role. I was uh, so close. You are our next choice for this. Yeah. I mean, it happened to me over and over and over. And talk about disheartening. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it was depression inducing. I mean, I got so, I wanted, I, just, I didn't bury my head in work. I buried my head under my pillow. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's, you, you get your hopes up. And with each one of those hopes, you think, oh, this is going to be the thing that, you know, catapults me to the next thing, whatever, you know. And it got, I got so sad until finally I discovered a way out of that, which was like, you know what? Write your own stuff. Yeah. And what started as a very sort of selfish or self-indulging task turned into a passion that I actually just really like writing. And it has, it, it, now it has nothing to do with me or scripts for me. Now I just 
loved writing. And now I just want to write and produce content and put it out there. Yeah. I don't need to, it has nothing to do with me, but I'm um, certainly what's attached to a lot, if not most, um, if he is not the star, he has a very prominent role. There's a role in what would have been a role for me at 16, at 25, at, you know, these, these roles yeah. that I'm, I'm obviously aged out of, but there's yeah. that role that was my role yeah. at that age. Cause I didn't see that, you know, I mean, w uh, especially at the, the height when I was going out a lot acting, I don't really go out a lot acting wise uh, now because I don't, um, pursue it every once in a while. I, there's a role that comes across and I get to go to for, out for the audition. But when I was going out a lot, which was about a decade ago, you know, this is pre gay marriage mm -hmm. ruling. This is pre um, RuPaul's Drag Race being the visible juggernaut that it is. This is, you know, this was pre, there wasn't a lot of gay roles. And so I was going out for these roles that I didn't, I wanted because I wanted to work, but yeah. it, didn't, it wasn't, didn't speak to me. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, it's, it's sort of like the hot guy at the gay bar and you're just yeah. like, that was, first of all, that was never me in <laughs> real life. You know? I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, I was more of the gay best friend guy and okay. there wasn't, you know, and there's the few roles that there was that they were going to much yeah. bigger people at much bigger agencies yeah. and they were all fighting for it or the straight actors were even going for it. Yeah. And you're like, Lay off, dude. You yeah. have your own. You're just, everything is written for you. Yeah. There wasn't, and I never made, um, I, I, I never made any sort of, I wanted to do the gay roles. I wasn't trying to butch myself up to do straight roles. Yeah. I, I knew who I was as an actor or I knew what I wanted to do. I knew that I didn't want to hide or, or I just thought, why shouldn't there be more gay roles? And so again, that's why I started writing them. And so now you see on every television show, there's a gay character. That wasn't the case even 10 years ago. Yeah. And so things have changed now. And if my contribution is to be a part of the um, sort of the producing arm that, that lends voices to these kinds of roles and these kind of uh, uh, characters and then so be it uh, you know maybe I was never meant to play them and that's okay with me now but it's it's what it's why I fell in love with acting but it's it also kept me sane mm -hmm. is because you know there uh, one of those droughts I finally just got sick of feeling bad about myself and I wanted to feel creative again and so I just got to work yeah yeah I love that and so that is the sort of um the the blessing and the curse at being good at lots of things I always yeah. say, I always <laughs> say I'm really good at lots of things, but I'm not great at anything. Yeah, yeah. We live <laughs> you know? right in the good phase, you know? <laughs> That's where you can find us. <laughs> I like that, though, because then it just, like, you just do a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. I don't, I want to do a bunch of stuff, not just, like, a little, you yeah. know? Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so one last question. Mm -hmm. You've done phenomenal this, this past <laughs> hour. Has so, it been an hour? Yes, it's no. been an hour close wow <laughs> okay so you've you've just done so great so far but this is the very last question okay and before we go I just want to ask you what's the best advice that you've ever been given oh Morgan that's a hard one well I know you can handle it <sighs> let me think I'm gonna have to edit out four minutes while I think <laughs> <laughs> crap <laughs> Yeah. What if what if it's like Kate <laughs> coming up to you in Titanic? Oh my god. And she's like, "Hey, you just keep going." <laughs> Cuz I want to give good advice. Is that yeah. why I'm thinking about too much? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about too much. Like I I recently heard yeah. I don't know who quoted this. I need to find out, but it was it was don't take no from someone that can say yes. And that I was like, "Oh, oh. my god." Yeah. Cuz I so many people uh, th and things don't work out in my life. And I'm like, oh, if they say no, I'm like, okay, whatever, on to the next. But, like, oftentimes I was like, yeah, they should have said yes. Like, they could, you know? Yeah. And I just, that I heard recently, and I was like, whoa, that was really good. I yeah. liked that. Okay, uh, someone once told me, don't take no. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, no, 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 okay, for real, let me think. Um, this is going to sound really hippy-dippy, but... I think that your body always knows. Does that make sense? No. I think if you listen to your body, it's giving you advice 
every time. And I know this because every time I don't listen, I get in trouble. So case in point, you, you know that I had this accident earlier yeah. this year. Yeah. And it's, it, it was a really sort of a reset. I, I, I tore my distal tendon, um, which connects your bicep to your bone. And I had to have surgery. And it's a whole like sort of like six-month recovery. And um, I'm mostly through that, you know. Um, I started. I had to rehab my arm and and learn how to straighten it again and all that sort of stuff. But turns out my body had been giving me the some warning, signs. some signs for a year and a half before that, and I just kept on shh, 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 stop. the 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 place that I mean, it was sort of um, it was kind of diagnosed as tennis elbow that okay. I had, and it hurt when it flared up at its worst. I couldn't um, like hold a grocery bag. On my left arm. Oh my gosh. And at its best, it was sort of a dull ache right there. But it, I always felt it for like a year and a half. And my body had been trying to tell me. And I and I believe in that sort of stuff. But still, you get caught up. Yeah. And I, I just think I can, oh, it's fine. It's fine. I can try this or I'll do more acupuncture. Until I dealt with the, pr- until you deal with the problem, it's not going to go away. Yeah. And my because I didn't listen to it and I didn't deal with the problem, it snapped one day. It just finally was like, had enough. And I was, I've always been in shape. Yeah. And I was doing a thing, like a push-up variation. And I, you know, I'm in my circuit training class every morning. Yeah. So it's something that I didn't was do. Was out of the ordinary. Yeah. Yeah. And it just was that wrong thing, wrong movement at the wrong time and too fast. And yeah. it just snapped. And, you know, me, I want to know. I want to know why, how did I cause this? And yeah. turns out my body had been telling me, had been warning, saying, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. And the same thing happened with my knee. So I tend to get my lessons really big, like I tore my ACL. Oh my gosh, um, I didn't know that either. A long time ago, a long time ago. But my body had been trying to tell me I wasn't taking care of it, you know. And that's how I tend to get my biggest lessons is from myself. I think um, it's just like the athlete in us too that is just like no we we can keep going like it's not that bad right. yes. like because yes. some people that thing. dwell in it so much I'm like is it really that bad like yes. just just keep going yes. like you know I push through we yeah. dancers push through yeah you know so I'm sure it was probably a little bit of that like yeah. you're like oh it's not that deep it's I, not that it's honestly that's it, it is I just I'm like no it's fine it's fine or I'll you know when I'm performing I won't think about it because yeah. I'm just in the moment and yeah. and uh, no you can't outrun it after a while and then I'm forced to deal with it for six months yeah you know and so what I've come to the conclusion of and here's the hippy dippy part and I'm sorry if this offends you but this is me um you know the left arm is your arm of of receiving to the universe that's what it's you know yogis believe this is the arm of receiving this is the arm of outputting okay and i'm really good at outputting i'm really creative i'm really good at putting myself out putting myself out there putting my stuff out there my my works out there i'm really good at, 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 at doing stuff i'm a doer i'm not good at asking for help and i'm not good at asking for what i want or what i need and I've had to really look at that. And it turns out, the, the, the more I kind of go down that rabbit hole and the more I sort of investigate that, it turns out all of my behaviors as a person is, is geared towards this and nothing. There's no energy even coming from me into putting towards that. I've seen how I negate myself when, when even ask the question, what do you want? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I... I in my words and my thoughts and my actions, I've always cut that part off. I've, in a sense, in a sense, uh, cut that arm off to the universe. Yeah. And now I've had to, as I've been healing this, had to learn how to heal that part of me, to ask for so I can receive. And that's the advice the universe has given me and I'm choosing to look at now. Wow. That's deep. That one was. Yeah. Whoa, Sorry. That, no, it's that's not, good. It's not, that's not a Hallmark card. <laughs> no, that, well, well, we'd have to put a paragraph on the Hallmark card. <laughs> um, okay, but thank you so No, thanks for having deeply. me. With my whole heart for being here today. You're so interesting. You're just a force, and I really dig you. 
I'll probably continue to keep being into you and <laughs> watching you shine, okay? So if you want, is there anything you're working on now that people can look out for? I know you are writing a lot and they can look on your YouTube for mm -hmm. all of your shorts that you've written and starred in. I'm writing a script for a director right now, so that's I'm can being commissioned for that. Well, two, no, I'm writing the musical for another director, so there's two th sort of projects that, but I, I can't say what until, because what if it doesn't go? Then I look like stupid, but, so that's <laughs> fun. And then I have a movie that I choreographed coming out on Netflix this Ooh, December. Uh, it's called um, A Cinderella Story, uh, A Christmas Wish. It stars Laura Morano. Ooh, fun. Um, and it's a musical, an original mus musical, and I uh, choreographed it. That's so amazing. Yeah, I can't fun. wait to watch it. Yeah, it's cute. Okay, well, um, it's really been real and super rad, and you always get it together, so just keep it up. <laughs> um, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh,